This is a strange and unusual production. Hi! Uncle Lawrence told me that children are very marketable, so I'm supposed to tell you to enjoy letters to Asmodeus. And that he's a monster, and even though he's really pretty, he's not that smart. He'll probably tell you to do stuff that you definitely shouldn't. Seriously. He's good for looking at, but honestly, you shouldn't listen to him. Well, okay. Don't listen to Mr. Asmodeus. Bye! Good evening, and hello again, my adoring fans. Welcome back to another go at Letters to Asmodeus. Tonight, I have a trio of questions from you, the listeners. Thank you for sending them in. Lawrence makes such a wonderful little whimpering noise when they arrive. Not as sad as the sound he reserves for bills, but almost as good. In any case, enjoy the show. Let us begin. Dear Asmodeus, After a late night out on the town with some girlfriends, I was stumbling home drunkenly when I met a very attractive man. Not as handsome as you, of course, but then who is? Excellent point. Long story short, I am now a creature of the night. The problem is, I am woefully uneducated on modern vampirism. Any pointers for a newbie? Perhaps we could get together and discuss this in person. Please see attached photo. Sincerely, in need of a mentor. Dear Pink Silk Nighty, You seem to have the basics down. I suppose the chiefest way for me to help would be to go over what you already know. Blood sustains you. Avoid sunlight. It is stupid and tickles, but in a bad way. Now, the importance of being attractive cannot be stressed enough, though. In your photo, I also see you have already outgrown many of the restrictive puritanical norms of society, so I believe you are well on your way. As for any issue with you shedding your once human instinct to have boring sex, I would be only too happy to help you forget those boundaries and predilections. I am perfectly qualified to drill you over and over. Also, vampires do not appear in photographs, just saying... But feel free to send more, and I will double-check. Regards, A. And now on to our second letter. Dear Asmodeus, I'm in a real dilemma, and I'm really hoping you can help me out on this one. I'm dating a wonderful guy, sweet, kind, sensitive, etc. She goes on and on. But, but, there's always a but isn't there. He smells bad. I mean, really, really bad. Think dump truck meets rotted fish on the beach. This explains why no one else has snapped him up yet. But I need a solution because I can't spend the rest of my life holding my nose. Sincerely, running low on air freshener. Dear Rundown, There are many simple household cleaners that can help. Forgo the hand soap or herbal splash organic fruit flower foam stuff. What you need is the industrial solvents. Bleach should be the beginning. Any caustic cleaning materials you can find in the more extreme parts of the home gardening section should do just fine. Stirred, not shaken. Bring the heady concoction to your nostrils and take a whiff. This will do two things. One, it will likely cause you to pass out. Bring a spotter. It will also burn. Literally. Searing the inside of your nostril will render your sense of smell gone. Now that you no longer smell your lover, you can enjoy them without noticing the horrid stench or any other smell. Forever. What? Oh, yes. I'm told that you will almost certainly die. 
possibly seize. So I suppose you can start shopping for a new lover. Honestly. If he smells that bad, just get a new one. Regards, A. Now let's see, let's see. Ah, here we are. This will be our third letter of the evening. <clears throat> Dear Asmodeus, I'm 14 and I need your help. Good lord, another child? Fine. One of my friends is having a sleepover for her birthday and is planning on having a whole bunch of spooky games. Ouija, Bloody Mary, stuff like that. Everyone else is super excited about it, but honestly, I'm nervous. I don't even like watching scary movies. I don't think I'd have fun at the party. But if I don't go, everyone else is going to think I'm a big baby. What do I do? Sincerely, seriously freaking out. Dear Freak, First of all, this is very familiar. Didn't we just answer this question? Oh, no. Different baby. Very well. Rest assured that the likelihood of any actual demonic or supernatural interference is extremely low. Even in the best of circumstances, with an experienced medium, the actual conjuring is up to a fair amount of luck, be it good or bad. Now, with the diminishing number of real libraries and old dusty bookstores and even major cities, it is increasingly difficult to find an actual haunted Ouija board or damned mirror. It can be a headache. Should you have access to a properly old and decrepit bookstore, I suggest you look there to begin. I suggest the gaming section. The made-up languages, codes, and lore are more often than not based in reality. The most obvious clue, those polyhedral fragments of chance, are just as arcane as when they were actually made of knuckle bones. If you really want to destroy the minds or souls of your guests, take a drop or two of blood and leave it in the bathroom behind the mirror. To truly find a tormented spirit, you have to give them something vital to come through. If anyone routinely shaves there, then it is very likely you will be seeing a creature of the night or two. And remember, as long as someone in the party is truly scared, your chances of a conjuring increase tenfold. Wait. I'm sorry, I seem to have lost track of your letter. What were you asking? I can't be bothered. Something about meeting something from the dark. Oh well, you'll be fine. It's incredibly easy. Most people call up a basic demon without even really trying. Just being scared about it. That'll do. Sincerely, A. Right. Well, that one did feel a little bit of a redo. Lawrence, in the future, do read these before handing them to me. Thank you. Let us read one more. Here we are. Dear Asmodeus, I have a great job, or at least I used to, until my new co-worker showed up. She started last week, and she is so loud and annoying. She eats at her desk and chews with her mouth open, reads stuff out loud when at her computer, and is generally terrible. I could maybe get over it if she was at least a little bit competent, but she is constantly making mistakes. Mistakes I am then forced to fix. I have no idea how she got hired in the first place. What can I do to make my workplace bearable again? Sincerely, the good co-worker. Dear Worker B, I find it may be best to assuage guilt on this one. Your victory and her destruction begin and end in the same place. Their mouth. Allow them to chew with their mouth open, spreading disease and saliva all about the place, and bring it to the attention of others. Point it out. Roll your eyes. Shrug. It's not a big deal to you. It doesn't bother you. That's just how they are. But mention it to the boss. Very friendly. It's a cute story about how the co-worker told you this other story, and it was hilarious. So funny, in fact, your co-worker spit out some of those crackers or whatever refuse they eat. 
This will plant the seed of your revenge. Begin hiding food. The same they eat, obviously. Plant it all over their cubicle. Leave particles at other cubicles. By the water cooler where people discuss television. Do they still do that? Oh, well. Point it out to others and then mention that you saw a roach. The food will start making this actually happen anyways. Turn your coworker into the smelly kid in class. The bugs will come, and soon everyone will know where it came from. If only the cow had chewed its cud with its mouth closed. If that doesn't work... Uh, poison, I suppose. Sincerely, A. And with that, we come to the close of yet another episode of Letters to Asmodeus. I sincerely thank each and every one of you for listening. Oh, and do have a good night. This has been a strange and unusual production, Letters to Asmodeus. The character of Asmodeus comes from Friend of the Family, a podcast found on our feed, created by C. Paris. If you'd like to learn more about this or any of our shows, come to www.strangetheletternunusual.com.